0: Welcome okay. to the Chat GPT Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. On the podcast with me today, we are joined by Matthew Iverson, the CEO of AppRabbit, and also PromptBox, the AI prompt saving company. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about what is happening in AI today, some big news out of Japan, some big legal decisions they've made, a $1 trillion million model, uh, token model, just got open sourced, the biggest yet, and the implications that's going to have. So a lot of really cool stuff. And uh, thanks for jumping on the podcast with us today, Matt.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm pumped. What's going on in Japan? Yeah. So
0: I think one of the the biggest pieces of news that we're seeing is that Japan, and actually, I know this is going to be controversial for a lot of people in a lot of industries. I think this was a a good play. But essentially what's happening is in Japan, um, they made a a rather surprising move where essentially they said they're not going to enforce any copyright uh, data on anything that is uh, used in AI training, aka AI in Japan can go and grab any content, any images, any video and make whatever they want. And there's no copyright issue there. So of course, the number one people that are complaining about this are like artists. And I mean, it's understandable, right? You like go and spend like 10 years making a, a portfolio of art, AI sucks it up and then can reproduce it. So those people are obviously complaining. Uh, what's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I understand the whole artist thing. Uh, it's, it kind of sucks for them because it's like it's like their entire belief system and like who they are is kind of rooted in, in that. And then AI just comes and like literally twists it. I see a lot of that in like Discord, like, hey, you can't use that. That's my art. Or even as um, when I was trying to get influencers to promote Promptbox, a lot of them would have like problems with like, I'm like, Hey, show them like a cool prompt. They're like, I can't, I can't like do this picture or that prompt because like, it doesn't belong to me. And like that type of ownership, just is to, to, totally foreign to me. I'm like, and cause as an entrepreneur, I, I see a good ad. I literally screenshot it and I send it to my designer and I say, copy this. Right. <laughs> or like, if right. I see like good copy writing, I'm, I like copy the email. And I'm like, chat GPT, just like write this. But for me, it's like right. copying is like, and stealing is like kind of the name of the game in entrepreneurship, I think a lot in science. And so in art, it's, uh, it's like frowned upon and like disgraceful. So I, know, I get it.
0: It's it's definitely like that with software too. Um, I know, you know, having done a number of software projects and it, it sounds bad to say stealing, but literally it's like, okay, we got to design an account page. I'm like, okay, what does like Google do for their account page? What is like, I go look at like 10 other software, like what do they do for their account page? And then I like screenshot them and I make some sort of like similar thing. I'm like, you know, this looks like industry standard. Um, but it's interesting because like a lot of slides of different software I have, it's like this page looks very similar to this software. This page looks very similar to that software. And I kind of like pick the best. And I think the whole industry does that, right? It's like, oh man, these guys have some good designs. It becomes trendy. And then everyone kind of rolls out something similar, even though your software might be doing something completely different. Um, And so I think that's getting carried over into AI as well in that mentality. So the big reason I think that Japan decided to do that is because essentially they don't want to get bogged down. Uh, they, they want to be number one in AI and they're worried that the copyright is going to slow them down. Um, as is, we already have, um, you know, we already have OpenAI who's taken the lead in America. We have Google BARD who's taken the lead in America. I think that a lot, of com- uh, a lot of countries, you know, they don't want to miss out on this bandwagon. And so like they're making a move that, you know, I highly doubt the US would make this same copyright move, um, but they want, they're doing it so that they can be, Number one, and it's interesting because they called out two things in like in specific that they said they're like worried about in this whole case, and that is uh, anime and visual media. So they're worried like the anime industry of Japan was gonna like hamper AI's you know progress and and slow it down or whatever. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, But in any case, yeah, it's out, and uh, I think that it's gonna be interesting to see if AI excels there. Uh, I guess the quality of the outputs of AI, you can just have, you just have more data that you can suck in and you know, you're not going to get sued. So I wonder if people will like move their AI companies to be located in Japan because they know they're not going to have the copyright issues that you might have in America and not the lawsuits and legislation.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. they will be like the, like the Bahama banks. It'll be like the, you know, the no yeah. copyright Japan. It's like, Oh yeah. yeah, he's totally got a shell company in Japan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That runs like the AI model. Like, 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 What happens, like OpenAI, it's like, okay, we're about to get litigated for a billion dollars or we just sell all of our, we sell our model and all of our licenses to our Japan shell company and it's totally legal over there and it runs out of there. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what uh, what happens in that space. Okay, so the other thing that is pretty interesting uh, that just happened is the fact that the UAE's open source AI model just became royalty free. So essentially what happened is Um, The Technology Innovation Institute, TII, they have this model called the Falcon uh, 40B. And it's essentially their their top uh, AI model. And they just open sourced it. They put it on Hugging Faces. It's now the number one uh, used model on Hugging Faces. It's beating things like uh, Meta's Llama and also Stability AI's Stable LM. So like it is now the biggest one. And this is the craziest part. It was trained on one trillion tokens. Holy crap. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting because even OpenAI, um, I think they announced the number for Chat GPT, how many tokens was in there, but they never they still haven't come out and said how many tokens are in GPT 4. Um, and I could be completely off, but it's somewhere in the I know it's somewhere in the billions um for for GP for Chat GPT. They never announced GPT4. there's a couple of reasons why I think they might have done that, but I, this is the first time I've actually heard someone publicly come out and say like a trillion tokens in an AI model. So like obviously this thing is uh, a very big, very aggressive. Why do you think these people would be open sourcing something like this instead of uh, keeping it private?
1: I don't know. Uh, what do they call again?
0: Uh, Falcon 40B. Okay. And then
1: how do they get how did they get access to all? They just got access from Hugging Face or that's just where they're
0: hosting it on, right? So they're hosting the model on Hugging Faces. They got the data independently and trained it off of that. Um, So some people are saying that essentially, well, they're saying that it's going to let the public and private people benefit from faster project starts, right? Because you have this massive, like it's open source um, model. And I think it's, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of these people are releasing stuff for goodwill. There's a lot of different things. I know Facebook has released a lot of models and I would speculate like, aside from just getting like the goodwill around their brand name from releasing a model like this, I feel like maybe Facebook uh, will release like their own chips in the future to compete with Nvidia. And then they're going to say like, Hey, if you want, like, you know, if this model that's really popular and open source, if you want it to run the best, you got to run it on our chips. They said they're going to be uh, producing chips fabricating them by 2025. So I wonder uh, if these other players have similar strategies or I I guess what their angle is, uh, perhaps just making the world a better place. But it is pretty insane. So it should be a pretty pretty big advancement having this be completely open source.
1: So they just... uh, The Falcon 40B model, they just changed the name of it apparently to Apache 2, which is nice because the uh that name was kind of crazy which means that this model is now free for any
0: usage including commercial use. Wow. Yeah, I I wonder like you know we've heard the memo come out of um Google where they said like we don't have a moat and neither does uh OpenAI uh on all of this stuff. It's going to be interesting. I feel like uh, on the one hand I was like well the moat is like all the data that you've gathered um because Right now, we have people like Reddit that say, no, we're going to start charging. We have mm. people like uh, Twitter that just shut off all API access uh, to open AI to you know, gather their data and put it in. We have people like Stack Overflow that they're charging. Everyone like realized their th- like data is the new oil. <laughs> I recently right. ha- heard a, a VC say. And so people are shutting down or locking out their data so that they can sell it. Um, and so I was like, okay, awesome. Like ChatGPT, Google Bard, that's their moat, right? But when you have someone like this that just, like, kind of comes on the sidelines, like, oh, by the way, we have a trillion token model we just trained. And uh, here it's open source. Like, I feel like that digs into that moat pretty pretty hard.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like the, you know, like the the new model that a lot of influencers are taking. Like, give every, everything away for free and then, like, live off the traffic. It's kind of like, if you're giving it all away, that's a pretty... Uh... It's pretty hardcore. Do
0: you know who's doing it? Is it just like a bunch of random developers? Uh, the Technology Innovation Institute, which I, it comes out of the United Arab Emirates.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. And
0: I'm not sure if that's from their sovereign wealth fund. So like if it's like the, com- the country that created it or if that's uh, just one of their institutions there. But it's interesting because it's not in the States. And I feel like I'm starting to see right with this news from Japan, uh, with this move out of the UAE, we're starting to see like other countries that are actually uh, creating some of this really powerful technology, and I, I know that this this might sound uh, this might sound crazy, but think about this for a second. Let's say you uh, you're a competitor to I could see Google and Microsoft doing this perhaps, but like let's say you're a competitor to one of those companies and you see like all the market share that OpenAI and Microsoft are pulling up, like wouldn't you imagine if you had the ability? So maybe this is maybe this is Facebook's play. Facebook just released their Lambda. Uh, for free it's open source maybe they see all of the like traffic headlines and uh, progress and money that Microsoft and Google are making from Bard and open AI and maybe they're releasing theirs for free almost as like a slap in the face to th- those guys they're not necessarily competing in that arena but they're like oh you guys are gonna charge like an arm and a leg for this okay here it is open source free for everyone and it almost like it's like uh, <laughs> instead of building something productive for their own company, it's almost just like tearing down their competitor. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that's a good revenue source. Okay, it's free. So uh, take that off your billion dollar valuation. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past Zuck or some of these other guys to, to pull moves like that explicitly for that reason.
1: Wouldn't that be crazy? And then uh, all the people back them and they're like, this is how it's supposed to be. It's supposed right, to be right. free. <laughs> right, exactly. It'd be interesting uh, to build a company that like just rips another one down and then the other company just has to like pretty much buy you that'd be like an infinite money glitch though because you could just do it again and again
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's interesting i mean we've definitely seen it in software before um and then there's also the whole model where a big one like for example facebook might release something completely free it's hard once you do an open source you can't get it back it's out in the public so it's gone but uh, i mean you see things like amazon for example got sued for antitrust reasons because they um they dropped the price of like diapers to super cheap. I guess it was back in the days when diapers.com was their big competitor. Diapers.com goes out of business because they can't compete with the super cheap prices of diapers on Amazon. And then Amazon just puts it back to normal prices because you know they can they can afford it. So um, anti-competitive practices like that, would be interesting to see if that's happening in the software. But with open source, it's kind of hard to make that claim because they really did give it away for free. It's like, it'd be the equivalent of, you know, giving away an unlimited free diaper subscription. Like you just, they just get it. It's just free. So aside from hosting or whatever.
1: So it's kind of interesting. That is crazy.
0: Okay, so something else that recently came out, and this is something I personally have been skeptical about, but maybe it's just me. Instacart recently, they just released an AI, what they call AI shopping buddy. And if if you know Instacart, they've been kind of like on the, cutting edge i guess or they've had some pretty deep partnerships with open ai from like the very beginning um i believe they're like one of the first plugins that launched on gpt4 and even before that i think they actually got access to gpt4 before anybody else on their app um, to help with like shopping for you have you ever well first off are you are your customer of instacart have you ever used a product like that for like shopping or anything
1: so my wife does yeah and we order pretty much everything like we hardly go to the store at all for anything okay at this point so instacart they plug into like a bunch of different stores right yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i believe it's kind of like the uber for shopping so do you use instacart or do you use something else
1: i think we use instacart unless unless like for example if you order something from
0: like walmart or target is that instacart or is that like their own in-house thing that's a good question. Um, so I know we use the the Walmart Plus or whatever. We do all of our shopping online mostly, unless there's like some random thing we got to get. It like, honestly, like it saves us so much time. Like
1: yeah. every,
0: time, every time my wife gives me a list of like, you know, 10 things to go get from the grocery store for like a, a party or like a dinner that we're having. The amount of time it takes me to walk around the aisles of this super Walmart from one side to the other to find like 10 items. I'm like, please just order this on the app. Like shows up at your door. Um, so I know that for Walmart, they have in-store shoppers that are Walmart associates gathering it, but I think the delivery, they still might have outsourced to Instacart or other platforms because, um, the way that they like ask for a tip and they do things that are like that, I think that they're, they might be outsourcing the delivery. So I think it possibly is still Instacart fulfilling that while it might be Walmart, um, in inside anyways but the thing that they've just integrated inside of uh instacart itself is a new ai search tool called ask instacart it's just chat GPT pretty much um and a, a pretty much what it is doing is it is helping customers by providing personalized recommendations for their shopping questions um, which means product recommendation um, info on food prep dietary considerations that kind of stuff. Hmm. Here's my thing and maybe GPT-4 solved this. Um but like when ChatGPT first came out there was like this whole thing where it was like, "Oh yeah, like get it to like write you a recipe for anything you want." And then it was like, "Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be crazy if that was integrated into Instacart? You like get a recipe and then it plugs in and then it goes buys all the stuff for you." Right. So we were testing it out and I was like, "Yay, give me a recipe for cookies." And like if you made the recipes it gave you, it was like horrible. Like right. it was just wrong. It was just like completely wrong. And so possibly uh you know, um, possibly GPT-4 solved this, but I'm still skeptical of like AI, specifically in food prep, when it's asking you about like product recommendations and all that kind of stuff. Maybe product recommendations are, would be better or shopping questions. So maybe just like a a chat bot thing that they have in there would be better. But like when it comes to the specific recipes um, and that integration, which I feel like they've been trying to do with a lot of the Inscart stuff, I feel like it's really sketchy. And uh, I've seen like blogs and stuff where people are making the food and it's like bad but maybe got fixed in gpt4 so i don't know
1: i just downloaded the instacart plugin it's funny they finally this is new i think today i think uh or at least i just got it the plugin store finally has a search bar oh my gosh
0: thank <laughs> goodness yeah i was so sick so of crazy. like scrolling through 17 pages on the chat gpt plugin store it's like how could you even tell someone to go use your plugin like <laughs> I don't, like you couldn't even do it i'm uh so, i'm page 72 so just click the arrow over till you get there it's
1: crazy. So with the plugin of that, the crazy thing still about plugins too is that basically you enable the plugin, and then it doesn't like give you prompts or anything. You just have to start typing, right? Like right. That's pretty. That's pretty nuts, um, dude. I think that Instacart. I think that's. Cl- I think it's clever to be like, hey, where can I find this at this store? And it'd be like, yeah, you can find it here at this store. Like, do you mm-hmm. want to order it? And you say, yeah, and that just does it. That's cool. Um, so
0: Instacart actually uh, is. And I think that this AI, this new Ask Instacart AI feature plays into this, but they actually uh, recently made some headlines because um, in today's economy or whatever, I guess their revenue was slipping. And so what they did is they introduced um, like in-app ads, like they would advertise Coca-Cola or a specific brand of bread over another one. And they made like, I think over a billion dollars in a quarter off of those ads. So they actually significantly like helped their revenue from this Mm. ad thing. I was looking at it. I feel like it might have been like thirty uh, percent revenue increase or something from this. So, um, so I believe if they're doing this AI tool, it would be interesting to see. You know how you can like prompt inject and like get a get a prompt. Let's see what mm-hmm. the prompt is. It'd be mm-hmm. interesting if it's OpenAI's ChatGPT. If you could prompt inject, you know, like their uh, product recommendation and see if they're adding any like, and make sure if they ask for soda, you recommend Pepsi instead of Coca Cola. Or make sure you like recommend X, Y, and Z. It'd be interesting if they did that on like the uh, prompt level. I highly doubt they would do that. That'd be pretty, uh, well, first off, it's man. that would be pretty manual for, um, you know, having to change that if you got a different sponsorship from a different product, but also pretty sketchy. People could figure it out. So it's probably on a more like a software level or whatever, but that'd be pretty hilarious.
1: That would be cool. Uh, I just asked it to buy me some sugar. Sure, you can purchase sugar. Here's your Instacart shopping link. And then it gives me like a little picture and then I click on it and then it takes me to instacart.com and it has a cart and it has me, oh, it says available at your zip code and then it says Costco delivery by 1114. So it says I could be here in half an
0: hour. Okay. So it does seem like Instacart is plugged into like Walmart and Costco and all the other things for like the fulfillment aspect of it. We have
1: Costco, Safeway, Natural Grocers. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. And so basically all I have to do is say yes. I have to log in, I think. But yeah, they put it in a cart it. for me. So that's cool. It didn't really give me an option. I guess I probably could have been more specific, but it's like cane sugar, like a 10-pound bag of cane sugar. So that's cool. Interesting. So th- would I would I use this? Would I actually use this to shop? I don't do any of the shopping here, but like would I like, – like maybe – I don't know. Maybe if it, it would have to like put together an ingredient list or something though, but it would have to be one that's like legit. Like maybe you'd have to be like super healthy recipe for this, like using these ingredients, like dairy free,
0: like put some parameters in place and maybe it could do it for you then. I think two things. Number one, I feel like more, uh, more effective than having this built into Instacart, maybe having it built into like a specific, like costco shopping or walmart shopping or like the grocery store that you're actually planning on going to Mm because i know for me like what i put a list in and they're like okay these five ingredients are available at walmart these seven are available here these are here 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 and then like i gotta like pay different things and there's like i don't know that just seems like too convoluted so i think i'd probably be more likely to go to like walmart i know my my wife does this right she picks like uh, seven meals that we're doing for dinner this week. And, um, she like goes and finds a recipe online for them. And then she goes on Walmart and like finds that stuff. It'd be pretty cool if she could do that same process, but just copy and paste the whole list, plug it into like a Walmart thing where it's like, I need like this recipe list and these ingredients. And then it just, it just pulls them all up into your cart. Um, I don't even know if you need AI to do that though. It's like the interesting thing, but maybe if you are more, maybe if you're more conversational with it and, uh, you just said, hey, I would like these, like, seven different dinners, and then maybe Walmart integrates with, like, a recipe. That's the thing. It's just AI Mm. and recipes is sketchy, and I think that's where people are using it. I think you just have to integrate with, like, allrecipes.com. Like, why don't you just integrate with allrecipes.com and find the top pancake recipe for pancakes and the top, like, chili recipe for chili and Mm. then just pull off of that. I I just – I'm skeptical about food and AI.
1: Right. I know that – I was listening to another podcast where the guy goes to, it's my first million. And the guy goes to like a, this billion dollar dinner and the kind of like the cool thing about this dinner, billion, billion, billionaires were there. Yeah. And uh, they'd gotten the whole recipe. They'd gotten the whole food layout, like done by AI. And so they had like given it to a chef after the fact. And, and like, he went and like built all these things. I guess, I guess the food was good, but yeah, that does sound. A bit I
0: mean, I'm sure if you give it to a chef and he looks at the recipe, he's like, no, that's kind of awful. I'll, I'll tweak it. I wonder bit. how closely he followed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty funny, dude. So, what is your take on NVIDIA passing a $1 trillion market cap? Uh, with all of their new AI software they've they've pulled out, like they're they're above like Tesla. These guys are like these guys are cruising right now in a very small group. Everyone thought that Elon would be the guy to like
1: bring a company past a trillion, right? But uh, they're not they're not there yet,
0: right? What are they at? So So Google, Microsoft, a lot of these guys have already passed a trillion. Um, I guess, right, like look at inflation nowadays. So I think it might have been easier than people suspected five years ago. But um, so so they briefly passed a trillion dollar market cap and then they went back down there in the 900 billions right now. But I mean, it's not inconceivable to think they'll get there. Right, right.
1: Yeah, I guess I meant the next company. Yeah,
0: Apple's already at 2.8 trillion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Apple's <laughs> Apple is absolutely crushing it. You know, it's pretty interesting um, Apple gets a lot of flack for like not being very innovative in this AI space, not having like a lot of AI tools come out like with everybody else. Um, what's Microsoft at right now? Looking. So, I'm looking at all companies.
1: So Apple is first, Microsoft's at 2.4. Okay. Then Alphabet's at 1.5. Amazon's at 1.2. And then Nvidia
0: is at so nvidia is the next on the list it's getting close yeah and and it's interesting because it's not a company that five years ago if you would have asked people like what would be the next trillion dollar company i guarantee nvidia was not gonna make that list it was just like and this is the other interesting thing people literally said nvidia was in trouble uh circa like six months ago because uh right at the end of the pandemic um, people stopped buying as many gaming PCs because, you know, during the pandemic, everyone was just going crazy on tech. Everyone was cooped up, right? So t- like gaming stuff was going crazy. NVIDIA, um, NVIDIA tech was just like selling out for gamers. So anyways, after the pandemic that slowed down and then also NVIDIA made a ton of money during the whole crypto boom because all the crypto miners were running on NVIDIA tech and, and all their GPUs and all that. So with like crypto winter, and the pandemic being over, so less gaming stuff. People literally were like, and actually the CEO of NVIDIA said, like, we overproduced GPUs. We're going to have to sell them at like, hmm. he might have said like lower cost or below cost. It wasn't good. Like the situation for NVIDIA wasn't looking good. And uh, then all of a sudden we have AI come up and it literally saved them because in that in that first quarter this year, um, where they were supposed to kind of take a bit of a dump, they just got lit on fire by everyone buying their GPUs for AI model training
1: yeah nvidia has always been a little bit ahead of the curve i learned about them from well a couple stuff and i a couple podcasts i also looked them up after the fact but like nvidia they've always kind of planned for like the long game and they've kind of like as soon as competition starts coming up onto them they kind of like leave the thing they were focused on they move on to like something that'll be future proof like i know the ai stuff the fact that they're able to embrace it so easily was like due to like some hardcore strategy that they implemented.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 Very forward thinking company, I think. And uh, that is an interesting, that is an interesting strategy. So here's what I'm seeing though is uh, a lot of other people like see this gold rush for AI and for AI chips in general and are like, okay, sweet, we're going to build the chips. I feel like Nvidia has a pretty solid lead. I wonder if it, how long it will last though. But the thing is like Facebook announced they're they're going to come up with their chips in 2025, but like they got to go build a manufacturing hub. Like that's 2025. That's in like a year and a half, right? Or, or maybe more, maybe two years. So like two years of like ai explosive growth everything being built on nvidia it's gonna be hard for someone like even facebook to catch up to that um like that that's gonna be insane That's no you know thing. you know
1: you know what's gonna put uh, nvidia in trouble uh there's there's one thing there's one glaring thing that could really sink their ship <laughs> oh no <laughs> like if china decides that uh it's time uh you know for the island to go down, that's when. Is that where they're all
0: based? Are they headquartered out of Taiwan?
1: Yeah, Ooh. they're like one hundred percent Taiwan. So, Ooh. and like that's so contentious. So if Taiwan goes down, uh, pretty much it's it's like equivalent to like the U.S. not having oil anymore. Like we can't
0: build computers, we can't build phones, like we can't build like we can't do anything. And uh, right. the, the thing about that is it's not very far-fetched because we just passed an act where we're not giving them certain like silicone chips and stuff. So, so what? They're like, okay, sweet. We'll just seize the NVIDIA factories. And now we own the trillion dollar company. And like, are we going to stop buying NVIDIA GPUs that are the most highly contested thing at the, at the pinnacle of this like AI gold rush? Oof, that's going to be a tough decision.
1: There's so Do much you... money involved. Like... So
0: much money involved.
1: The Ukraine, like after seeing what's going on with the Ukraine, it's like, you know how easy it'd be for like some conspirators, like in different countries to like send people over to like destroy Taiwan and then blame it on China. Or maybe China actually does it or Russia or we do it because they did something to us or like whatever. <laughs> like it could easily be like knocked down. And uh, it's been like in the news so much like China circling with boats and planes and we're like, yeah, hey, that, don't that touch could be me.
0: massive. I wonder what sort of a blip that an invasion on Taiwan would have on like the entire AI industry in general, that would be insane. Um, one thing I will say that is interesting is, of course, the US recently passed the Chips Act to start manufacturing chips here in the US. I think that's a pretty like one thing people have like credited the Biden administration is doing well. And, um, and I think what's interesting is even here in Arizona where I live, I know we're, we're kind of like a chip place. We're not big on like software tech companies, but we have a lot of chip manufacturing. Intel's been here for like 20 years, I think. And Taiwan Semiconductor Company, TSI, wait, whatever, um, is building a bunch of, I think they have one headquarters and they're building another one uh, here in Arizona. And so like a ton of people I know uh, are working for like chip manufacturing and within, with TSI with Taiwan semiconductors and uh, also with Intel more so when I lived back in uh, Mesa, but yeah, it's, it is a popular thing. So I do know that like we are starting to onshore some stuff here to the U.S. I think that's going to be pretty critical moving forward. Um, and so I wonder if we're going to see a move like that from NVIDIA. I think they'd be foolish not to like start thinking of those options.
1: Yeah. Isn't, I uh, do Larry is doing something where he's bringing factories
0: here. Is it, was it for chips? Yeah. Um... Forget I'm it not was. sure I think <laughs> under the past administration under the Trump administration they were more focused on like just bringing manufacturing from China or other places to the US and now maybe it's more just like chip fabrications and that kind of stuff so yeah I'd be curious on that as well he
1: wants to do uh, semiconductors
0: oh there you go so yeah he so, sees the gold rush
1: yeah he's trying to like bring that to the US and yeah maybe he counts on Taiwan not being around forever who knows yeah it's
0: it's hard I mean I That I feel like is, I wouldn't, I mean, China's official stance is that they own Taiwan and I don't see them backing down unless something, I don't know, drastic happened and they really needed international support, which I don't uh, view their economy as needing anytime soon. Okay. One other interesting thing I want to bring up with you, and I'd love to get your uh, feedback on where you see this, how you see this impacting the industry as a whole um, so recently, they an AI was used, an AI model was trained and used to discover a new antibiotic that kills uh, a, like a, a superbug that previously they had no like remedy for. So I believe like eighty percent of people that caught this superbug uh, died from it, and so um, there was no cure for it. It, it had right superbugs essentially like there's an antibiotic and the superbug then becomes resilient to the antibiotic. So this superbug was found in hospitals. One of the things that was really uh, detrimental about it is that it could live on a surface for a very long time. So if it's sitting there and if someone didn't disinfect a table correctly, like a week later, you touch the table, you got the superbug and it can also live, it could live with inside of you without showing symptoms. Um, but if someone had some sort of open wound or something and you touched them, now they got it and they're most likely to yeah. die. So it's it kind of gnarly. What they ended up doing is they trained an AI where they gave it like a giant list of like chemical compounds and it's like and and its responses to like antibiotics and then also like I think some like uh, some things with some superbugs and like what they were resilient to. They fed like all of this data in. They trained a model, um, and in any case, they they made a model that they felt like they could they could adequately do this. And so they go and uh, they feed in sixty eight thousand. Uh, No, 6,800 compounds into this AI model, and they say which of these is going to have the most likely chance of like being a good antibiotic for this superbug. And so the AI model ran through 6,800, and it came up with a list of about 200 that said these are highly likely. They took those 200 to the lab, tested them, found nine of them that were um, nine of them that were seemed pretty viable. Used one of the used them on a mouse that they like injected with the superbug or whatever. And I think most of them, most of those nine actually worked, but one of them in particular works super well. So that's like the new one they're going to use. But it is like, it was like, uh, apparently the way that this new compound affects um, this superbug is in a way that was not previously understood to science. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't the common way we create antibiotics for superbugs. And that's what mm-hmm. they were so surprised about by it. Um, anyways, What are your, yeah, what are your thoughts on where you see this going in in medicine?
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, maybe I'm a little bit of a conspiracy nut when it comes to like the pharmaceutical companies, but I think, I think there's so much like withheld from the public, especially like surrounding cancer and like all that kind of stuff. And so I think a lot of people are probably tempted to be like, AI is going to like solve cancer. And I would be tempted to say that kind of thing too, where it's like, AI is just going to solve like. You know, this is like part of like living in utopia, like when AI hits the singularity and like we all have, you know, like perfect health because we have AI hooked up to like our glucose monitors, like in our skin. And it's like telling us what we should and shouldn't eat. And like we live forever. I think the problem is there's so much corruption and censorship around like that area that um, I don't, I don't like, for example, I think if we did have the cure for like certain diseases, I almost wonder if like a company like OpenAI or even the internet in general has like enough censored material on it where you wouldn't be able to like, you know, it seems like it would be something that's relatively easy for AI to find out the cure for cancer if, if it like had the information available to it. That's why I love these open source
0: projects, a lot of potential there. So yeah, I think- no, that uh, a, that, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting concept because I do think it's uh, like conspiracy theory or not, Obviously, uh, pharmaceutical companies are motivated by profit. And so if they find, it's interesting because I think what, here's an optimistic take on this, because you're 100% right pharmaceutical companies motivated by profit if they feel like it's going to decrease their profit why would they do it now and i think like withholding information all that kind of stuff the, like don't put it past them because obviously there's been pharmaceutical companies and pharmaceutical executives that have gone to prison oh, yeah. or sued
1: into the billions yeah, yeah
0: for all sorts of things i mean johnson and johnson knew that their baby powder was giving babies cancer and continued to sell it because it made a lot of money and now they're one of the top they were one of the top covid vaccines so pfizer
1: has one of the largest lawsuits in the world
0: Yeah, draw your own conclusions. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just like legal matters, and so, anyways, here's an optimistic uh, spin on it, though. Google previously had the technology that ChatGPT and OpenAI has, and did not release it on like what's now Bard or their Google search because it would cannibalize their search industry. They've had they've been sitting on this thing for two years. Mm. They wrote the transformer model paper that OpenAI used and launched it, and it wasn't until OpenAI launched ChatGPT got all of their investors in a frenzy and forced them to create Google Bard that they actually launched it. And so I think um, with, especially like you're talking with these open source models and with this technology and with something like, you know, this like uh, antibiotic that kills super bugs. When some of these smaller therapeutic companies um, are coming up with these solutions, the big guys are number one, going to try to buy them up. But also if they don't, it's going to force them to use the same methods and release the same product. So I actually think that Um, even though I do believe a lot of pharmaceutical companies are corrupt, I think that with open source models and with the amount of like advancements we can make, they will be forced to toe the line and to, uh, make products that cannibalize other, you know, like, you know, the radiation treatments for cancer and all of that chemotherapy, um, makes uh, insane amounts of money. Of course, I have family members uh, directly impacted by this, uh, through my whole life. Um, and I have family members that have used different alternative uh, solutions to chemotherapy that have seen success. Um, and so I, I do believe there's a lot out there that uh, people are not seeing, but I do believe that uh, with open source models, even corrupt organizations will be forced to, uh, to come up with some of these products, cannibalize yeah. their own business.
1: I think so too. I think I think they're going to have to, it's kind of like gas, the gas industry kind of has to like embrace electric Like they kind of have to, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as cars go,
0: it's like they're, we're kind of forcing their hands. They kind of have to get like ahead of the curve. Exactly. Exactly. So this is the exact same thing we've seen with Tesla, right? Like in the nineties, there was electric car companies. In fact, one of like one of the early uh, electric car models, it was essentially like a golf cart because cars were slow back then. But in like the, I think the thirties, there was an electric car that like came out So electric car technology isn't something that was like incredibly new, but uh, a lot of patents, a lot of electric car companies were just literally bought out by gas powered car companies. They would just shelve it. They would just like lock down the patents so no one could use it. And it wasn't until Tesla came out with a very viable product that started to get some mass market interest that every gas powered car company that previously was, you know, shutting the stuff down or even doing corrupt things, right? Like there's corruption We and like undisputable, not conspiracy theory, look at Volkswagen and their whole like diesel gate, right? They literally built a device into their car to trick regulators. So when they put it on the emissions testing machine it gave a different amount of emissions than when it was driving, like just blatant fraud. And of course it was a rogue engineer that did that that made their company billions of dollars. What a kind rogue engineer. But, um, but like, obviously there's corruption there when there's money to be made, but when a company came out with the actual product, they were that cannibalized perhaps their car sales, because now they have to upscale and change their factories and change how they do everything and spend a ton of money on R&D, which they don't want to do. But as soon as Tesla did that, every single electric car company or every single car company now is announcing electric cars and coming out with electric car options. Volkswagen's like, we're going to be hundred percent electric in a certain amount of years. So it's going to be the same thing with, uh, I, I believe, with pharmaceuticals and other industries as well.
1: Yep. Yeah. And AI hopefully just, like, kicks the crap out of all these big guys and and lets, like, the, the smaller companies, like, disrupt as they should. Disruption is so good. It's so healthy. Like, get the monopolies out and get like, get, uh, get these small guys curing cancer. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, it'd be incredible. Um, okay, so, of course, that's one area that we see it, like, positively impacting, I, I say, medicine but there's another area in health that I want, to, I want to pick your brain about. And I want to see, I want to get what your, your opinion is on this. Because I know we've talked about like Neuralink and a bunch of do- uh, different like, things like that. And like what the potential they could have in the future is. Um, but there is a company um, that recently or a research, some researchers that recently came out with like an active prototype in like a human trial. And they, they solved the problem. Essentially, there's a man that's paralyzed from the waist down. He got in a motorcycle accident. Had damage to his spine, paralyzed from the waist down for the last twenty years. So this isn't something new. And uh, they 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 invented or they got a, a device embedded in his brain using AI, and he can now walk again with a walker, like walk his feet walk. I'll explain how it works, but I would love to get your yeah, I would love to get your feedback on this. So Whoa. essentially, what they do is uh, it, I think it, it was out of Switzerland, and I believe the patient is from France. But essentially, they put a chip in his brain. The same as Neuralink, right? Same tech. And there's a few different types of uh, technologies for this. But anyways, Chip in the brain measures his, um, the brain pulses when he thinks a thought. They run that through an AI that like, if you really got to go listen to our, uh, people got to go listen to our um, AI mind reading podcast episode that dives into more detail with this. But like, if you don't know, AI can read your mind. They put your brain under an fMRI scanner while you read something. They feed the transcript of what you read and your brain signals during the, the fMRI scanner into an ai and then it trains a model that knows like when your brain does this this is the literal word you are reading so now it can read words out of your mind so it's gonna do this it's the same technology for this guy except in his mind he's thinking right left like right step left step right left step left step he's thinking like how he's moving his legs and it has that transmitting to he has to wear a backpack with a full computer running the ai model on there that's transcoding this Um, and then so the signal goes from that to the ai model in his backpack cyborg yep which goes to and that backpack transmits to a device that is placed on his spine below the damage that is sending an electrical pulse to part of his spine that tells that part of his body to move aka the muscles in his leg to like move to fire um, (laughs) to fire and it, it pulses it in the right way that does like the walking motion so in any case absolute insanity but like without any devices and just with his mind right like theoretically you could have invented a device like this without ai that was a joystick that maybe you like pushed up your right button push your left button and it was like firing that thing that's like moving your leg they have that by the
1: way they have that for uh like rats and stuff
0: okay yeah so so you could have you could have something like that but now we've taken it completely out and it's just purely your mind which is like what we're doing every day and people are like oh well he's got to think about every single step it's like yeah technically we had to think about every step until it just became automated and it's like so, so you just have these motor skills you do without thinking about them and it's going to be the it's going to become the exact same thing here's the crazy thing they took him off the device and he can still shuffle Ooh, like it's it's like bringing his like muscles and his body like back and his muscle memory back um not as good as with on the device but anyways what's your take on uh on what's your take on things like Neuralink? are you going to get one of these chips in your brain
1: Yes. I'm going to get one and I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to be able to uh, charge people to take a controller and be able to like run me around with a GoPro <laughs> on my head. <laughs> dude, is it weird that my mind just went there? Like I, people are going to like sign up for like this twisted, like uh, TV show. Like it'll be on Netflix and it'll be like, you know, the human video game and you'll just be able to like run a, a dude around. You know how they do it with animals oh, is man. They, they put chips and mice and basically you know when you're falling forward and you like take a step to like stop yourself from falling Mm -hmm. because you get like that vertigo feeling that's Mm -hmm. basically what they tell the brain of these animals to do so they they initiate the feeling of them falling forward so they take steps in that direction and that's how they control these animals so they do it with moths i think and they'd also do it with uh with uh which like how do you get a chip that small Then i think about it but they do it with rats so if you're falling to the left or falling to the right, you you step in that direction, and so that's how they. Interesting. That's how they, how they control, control it. it. Essentially, like a video game. So that's crazy. Dude.
0: So and, that's crazy. I yeah. I don't think it's crazy that your mind goes there because I think it brings up a very important issue, which is um, if these things are connected to the internet, right? If they have to do like software updates, I would assume they're gonna be. Then that means they're hackable. Like, what happens? when there's a zero day exploit on a Neuralink chip. And this is, I think this is relevant because Neuralink just got FDA approval to have human trials. So like, mm-hmm. yep. it's happening. It's, it's not going to not happen. Like what happens when there is a zero day exploit on everyone's Neuralink chip and it's now hackable? Like, what yeah. could you do? What could you really do? Because Neuralink isn't necessarily having that electrical pulser in your spine that like makes you walk or move your arm or something. Um, right, right. What, what, like yeah, your, what would that do? You could you could perhaps capture someone's thoughts, like yeah. record a transcript of their thoughts.
1: Or maybe you could talk, maybe this is a new way of communication. Maybe they could talk to them directly. Um, or I, guess it's, it's, I guess you're thinking is read-only though, right? Like for the most yeah, part. Yeah,
0: read-only. Yeah, I would assume.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like the marketing stuff, right? I think you mentioned before that like Facebook has these like in their headsets in their VR stuff they're putting these scanners that can read your brain waves and then like that'd be that'll make the algorithms better you know yeah. li- live real time feedback of what you're thinking as you watch something i mean that's insane
0: or or think about this think about um, a company like or a country like china and i mean like come on i'm sure the us government's got all sorts of agencies that would love to get their fingers in everyone's brains too but like let's think of a company like or a country like china gets everyone on Neuralink and just has a live feed of every thought you're thinking every day.
1: Dude, that's crazy. So this is like the hive mind. Um, and dude, what if they actually, uh, as babies, they put like these chips on them and then they like switch them out when they're, they're older and stuff. So it just like becomes like almost like regular, like vaccines uh, became, and then you can control them. And then one day, uh, <laughs> this turns into like a movie. One day everyone just like stands up and like walks outside and like, gets on board the planes to like invade America, you know, <laughs> that they, they all have AI, like supercomputers controlling them perfectly. And they become super, super soldiers. Basically everyone from China is captain America
0: and they come over here and they kick the crap out of us. Robots. <laughs> okay. Something that's funny, but something you said uh, did bring up an interesting uh, concept in my mind. And that is right now, all of these chips what they're doing is they're doing um, and they're integrating AI. They're, they're, they're read only right like they're they're they've transcoded your thoughts and they can read that but they can't write thoughts into your brain but uh you brought something up interesting with the moths and the rats that is making me think about like what was what what does that look like and how do they um write into your brain and i think one of those things is not literal words it's not a spoken voice perhaps in your ear or like like your subconscious mind pops up with something but maybe it's a feeling So if they can make you, they can make you feel like vertigo or like dizzy for like firing in your brain. I don't have any doubt that that would work. So what if China has chips in everybody? I'm trying to think of like a realistic thing. Like this isn't, this isn't far-fetched. China has chips in everyone's brain, reads every thought. But every time you think like freedom is good, it gives you a sense of vertigo. You just start feeling sick and you're like, ugh. like that would be a very easy way to do right into people's brains. That'd be a very like easy way to, it's just like the feeling, like uh, you feel sick. You're going to have negative associations. I, I know like, this is a, this is such a funny story. When I was a kid, I read some sort of book and it was about like the Amazon and the gum tree. And I, I don't know if I, they eat the gum from the gum tree or that was just in my mind. I heard that anyway. So all of a sudden I had this idea that like out in my backyard, there's all these pine trees and there's this tons of sap that just like pours down them. And I'm like, Oh, the sap from these pine trees is like gum. Cause I read this book about a gum tree mm-hmm. anyways. So, like, I, like, took a huge gob of sap and I started chewing on it. It got stuck in, like, all over all of my teeth. Was not the glamorous gum tree experience I was expecting. I wonder how old I was at this point. Anyways, I, like, couldn't get this, this like, sap out of my teeth. I tried eating, like, cornbread. Couldn't get it out of my teeth. And I, I don't know if I had the flu, but later that night I threw up. Anyways, to this day, like, I love the smell of pine trees and everything. But, like, when I smell pine sap, it just reminds me of, like, barfing. Oh, cause I barfed that night and I barfed out a ton of pine sap. It's probably yeah. bad for you. Like it probably was my body, you know, rejecting that. But in any case, like I have this association with the smell of pine sap to like having it stuck in my teeth and throwing up. And so like that sick feeling. And I think sick feelings are like an incredible memory thing, right? We have like these memories attached to smells or to sounds or to places. And I, I think it would be a very easy way to manipulate public opinion about topics if you could read their mind and when they thought a certain thing you give them a sick feeling.
1: Totally. That's, that's an interesting idea. One that's not, uh, hasn't been told before. Uh, Have you heard of the book, Brave New World? Yeah. So so that one, isn't that the one I'm trying to remember if this is the right book, but they, they issue propaganda through radio waves. It's like subliminal Mm -hmm. messaging. Um, Maybe that's not the one, the one I'm thinking of. It's like, that's like, you hear like radio, but it's like regular radio, but like in the background and like the white noise of the radio, it's like, uh, it's like just propaganda messages of like fear and stuff like that. Or I it's think that telling might be everybody...
0: 1984. What's that? I think that might be 1984 by Orwell.
1: <sighs> Did they make it into a movie? Uh,
0: yeah, I, th- I think so. Is it by, ki- is it like, does it have kids in it? I haven't seen the movie. Um, no, the one with kids in it, I think was Brave New World. That one's okay. like where everyone's doped up on drugs, kind of, and
1: yeah, they're they're just suggesting things via this propaganda, and they're like they're saying like mass, you know, like everyone goes and buys a hat on a certain day, and it's gonna drive people listening to, the, to this crazy that we don't uh, we're not referencing like the right uh, title, but anyways, that the point is, yeah, if you can make people feel uh, like even even if you put on the news that this thing is happening, and then you just made everyone feel fear, like they would naturally associate like that fear with the thing that they're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to to be inside their head though is even crazier to to know when they're thinking the thing and then make them feel a
0: certain way if they could write that into their mind. Yeah, I think yeah. I'll, I'll probably have to do more research on this, and I'm sure a lot of people are looking into this right now. Anyways, but um, it, I'm just curious to see what the capabilities of write are, like writing into your brain are, like through electrical pulses, like what you can, how you can make people feel. Obviously, like dizzy or vertigo makes sense. Um, I want like maybe you can make them feel bad, like electrical pulses on certain parts of their brain. I wonder if there's if there's a the ultimate though is if they find a way to like stimulate like pleasure or happiness or something like that, like Mm. dopamine. Mm. If they can stimulate dopamine with electrical pulse and like sick or vertigo or sickness with electrical pulse, it's game over. It's like you will everyone will just literally be classically trained to like and dislike certain things. Because of how they feel around those things. So that could be absolutely terrifying.
1: Dude, all the biohackers are going to be like, awesome. Like whenever I like get up and do a cold plunge, I like automatically make my brain like feel dopamine. And like whenever <laughs> yeah. I go to bed, whenever I go to bed early, like I get dopamine from that. Like, yeah, I've like rewired my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, this neural thing is epic. And like, I, uh, that's the terrible thing is like, you know, people will do that. So like, that's how it starts. And is it terrible? I don't know. But like, yeah, you'll literally be able to rewire your mind, right? And like me coming from a background of like positive affirmations and psychology and all that kind of stuff, my last software company, um, like rewiring your mind is a big thing, but this will be like literal physical rewiring of your mind. And maybe you'll get to go program. Like this is the schedule I would like to follow. This is the outcome I'd like to see. So when these things happen positive, when these things happen negative, classical training, and then you just like set yourself up like programmed that way
1: um yeah it'd be like buy my new like buy my new program on like on like positivity but like instead of a program where you read it you just like upload it to your Neuralink, and it just like it's like yeah now from now on like when you do these certain things like you're gonna feel a certain way like that's crazy
0: dude it's gonna be like how all of the instagram influencers they sell like uh presets for your photos yeah you're gonna buy like a psychology preset it's like this is like ala um mentality preset where like he has his brain tuned to be just like this and this is how he's achieving his results you're like click download and then you like expect to achieve the same results yeah you start growing
1: you start growing like long black hair and looking at the camera (laughs) get jacked (laughs) everyone's building 100 million dollar businesses
0: all of a sudden it's like what yeah that'll be crazy Okay, Matt. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, we better wrap this thing up. But as always, super insightful um, conversations. If people want to follow Matt, go check out uh, PromptBox and check out App Rabbit if you are looking to build your own custom app. Um, I am Jaden Schaefer. Make sure to join the link in the description to join our community online and also get our weekly newsletter um, and stay up to date on the waitlist for some exciting software we are going to be launching soon. Thanks so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode, breaking down how AI is impacting your industry. Today's episode is sponsored by AI Box, a no-code AI app builder and marketplace which just launched a crowdfunding campaign.